0: Welcome to the Word of Life Center podcast. It's our desire that today's message would equip and empower you to see the Word of God bring life to your life. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1 verse 10, Philippians chapter 1 verse 10. I'm going to share something with you tonight that there's no good time to share this. Because at any given time, what I'm going to share, I could be talking about somebody. I, I, you're going to get it in a minute, okay? But yet, there are times when I feel the unction of the Holy Spirit to address certain things, and, and immediately people say, well, you're talking about so-and-so. Well, you're talking about so-and-so. I'm, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. Okay? Okay? And so just so you'll understand, because sometimes (coughs) there are certain subjects. Well, let me give you an example, okay? I'm going to tell you. I'll just tell you. um, I've got a little book called Offense. Probably never read it, but it's really a good book anyway. It's not very long. It's just a little small book. It's in the bookstore. Um, I know I was right on target because the first time I preached this message that's in this little book, a lady got offended and left. True story. You ask Becky. She got offended because she thought I was talking about her. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Didn't you just hear what I said? I mean, I didn't use her name. I didn't use anything about her. But somehow the enemy sowed that seed in her that I was talking about her. And literally in the middle of the service when I'm teaching on offense, she got up and left offended. So please do not do that tonight. Everybody will know you're offended. So don't do it. But it's important because to me, to be honest with you, I see this so often and it's so sad to see people get offended. Now, I'm not talking about getting offended at me I'm not talking about getting offended. I'm talking about offense in general, getting offended at somebody at work, getting offended with one of your friends. It's not about church, although it really is magnified in church because the truth is preached. (coughs) Amen. And so when the truth is preached, then there are going to be times when it's going to be truth will reveal problems. Okay. So you just need to hear what I'm going to say tonight and know Know what I'm saying. And like I said, there's no good time to preach it because it happens all the time. All right. Philippians chapter one, verse 10. Paul is praying here and I want you to listen to what he said in verse 10, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Okay. So listen to that verse. That you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. All right, now listen. Let me give you another translation of this. I like this. It says that you may approve whatever meets the standard of God's word. Okay, that's pretty good. But it actually says even more. It's more important than that. Listen to this. The next one says this: that you have a sense of what is vital. You know, most people go through their lives and they, and I was like this, so I, I understand this, okay? They go through their lives and they just live with what's in front of them. They make no decisions for a greater good. They make no decisions, literally, that, that, that can help them do something or be something greater than themselves. They don't understand how vital it is to make right decisions and to understand what's really vital, what's really important. Because there are certain things that are more important than other things. All right, let me read you another one. I like this that will enable you at all times to recognize without effort and to prefer instinctively the things that are really good. Now, I don't know whether you've ever read John Bevere's book or not good or God, but if you haven't, you ought to read it because there are a lot of things that we say are good and they're the most important things, but yet they're not God doesn't mean they're bad. They're just not God's best. Okay? And so you have to know what's vital. You have to know what's important and, what, and make those right choices. Let me give you a simple exa- example of this that'll help you, okay? There were two men over in the Bible in Acts chapter 13 that were called of God together to work together. Two men. Paul and Barnabas. In fact, in a lot of places, they actually mentioned Paul, Barnabas's name before Paul's. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, when you understand the Greek language, you understand they value the, first, the most important first, a lot of times. So, you got two men sent out by God to do the work of God. Called together to do the work of God. On one of their trips, Barnabas says, I want to take my nephew Mark with us. You know, there's some good marks in the Bible and some bad marks. Sorry, all the marks in here tonight. <laughs> actually, this guy actually turned his life around, so it doesn't matter. But. So they, they go on a road trip. And they're preaching the gospel, and it's a tough trip. They're getting beaten. They're getting run out of town. It's bad. It's tough. So about halfway through, Mark, Barnabas' nephew, says, I'm out of here. I am done. And he went home to Mama. So they start planning another trip later on. Barnabas says, well, we're going to give Mark another shot. And Paul said, no, we're not. The boy left us. He ain't got what it takes. Till he gets it, he ain't going. Barnabas said, I beg to differ with you. We're equal partners here, and I say he's going. And Paul said, he ain't. He is. He ain't. He is. He ain't. He is. And finally, listen, finally it got so bad that they said, hey, we can't work together anymore. We can't work together anymore. So Paul took Silas and went one way. Barnabas went another way. Go read in in Acts how many more times you hear about Barnabas. You know why? Because he didn't really understand the value of being with Paul through all the adversity, all the difficulty, all the problems, the hard-headedness of Paul. Paul was not an easy guy to get along with. He was very, very demanding. But but Barnabas missed it here because, listen, I'm going to read it to you again. He did not instinctively prefer the things that were really good and have a sense of what was really vital. So guess what happened? Paul, I'm going to have to have some water. Guess what happened? He got offended. Is that big enough? He got a fit. See, I'm testing Paul's right now. <laughs> and, and, and here's the sad part about it, okay? Listen to me. The sad part about it was it didn't hurt Paul a bit. It didn't hurt what Paul was called to do one bit. You know what it hurt? It hurt Barnabas. Now, now listen, don't get mad at me when I say this, okay? Because I didn't know who's coming to church tonight. I'm not. <laughs> I know you're thinking, well, he knew I was going to be here and he's going <laughs> to preach that message. No, <clears throat> I don't know your problems. I don't know your issues. I, I do that on purpose unless I have to just to pray for you. Because if I preach something, I want it to be sincere. But listen to me. See, it's good to love your family and to support your family and to stand with your family. How many of you know that? Amen. But do you know there is a higher calling that goes beyond your family? Amen. And you can't violate truth. You can't violate the Word of God. You can't violate certain things in order to say, well but it's family. Okay? Now, I'm just using that as an example tonight so you'll understand. You've got to be very careful because you can pick something that's good and it's not God and it's not really the most important. Okay? Let me read you the Amplified Bible. <coughs> Excuse me. So that you may surely learn to sense what is vital and approve and prize what is excellent and of real value, recognizing the highest and the best, and distinguishing the moral differences. <clears throat> if you're not careful as a child of God, you will not live the life God has for you because you don't sense and realize what's really important, and you're willing to choose things of a lower nature. And when you do, you're setting yourselves up for offense. You're setting yourself up to get offended. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's not one person in this room tonight who has not been offended or at least been tempted sorely to be offended. I know there may be some spiritual giants in here. You've never been offended. But the rest of us have. And I'm going to tell you right now, you better deal with it because if you don't, it is going to drag you down to a level where the devil will work you over. Yeah. So you need to hear what I'm saying tonight. God wants us to stretch ourselves beyond our day to day existence to have a sense of what's really important. And, and I have to tell you, and I don't, this isn't even in my notes, but I just feel prompted to the Holy Spirit to stop here a minute. <clears throat> One of the greatest dangers for you to miss what's really important and to eventually become offended is familiarity. <clears throat> See, Listen. I praise God for people like Klein and Patsy Blunt, okay? Because they have had plenty of reasons to get offended at me over the years because I've not been perfect. I haven't done things perfectly, but they're still here. They've been with us since the very beginning, and they're still here. And you know why? Because they fought off offense. They're not going to be offended. They know there's something more important <clears throat> about serving God and about the things of God, and they're not gonna they're not gonna allow that to cause them to be offended. Well, but if I get offended, I just go somewhere else. You're gonna get offended there too, you kidding? You think you're gonna find some other place? You're on the offense road. <laughs> you think you're gonna leave one place offended or leave one relationship offended and go to the next, and everything's going to be wonderful. You are mistaken. Right. Or you are going to end up being such a spoiled brat, you get everything you want, and nobody dares say anything to you because they don't want to offend you. We'll we'll <laughs> Sam, you're doing a great job tonight. So you have to understand what's important. Because I have to tell you the truth. Sometimes if you're not careful, you can get mired down in self-centeredness and lose sight of what God really wants for your life. And you better watch it. I'm telling you, you're in a dangerous place when you do. Let me give you a good example of this, okay? Jesus comes to Lazarus' house. Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. Martha. Okay? When Jesus came in, he came in with a crowd. You know, it could have been 12, his disciples, could have been the 70. We don't know, but it was a bunch of people. Okay? So, when he came in, Martha panicked. Oh my God, I've got to feed all these people, I've got to take care of all these people. Mary, the other sister, Just sat down at Jesus' feet and started listening to him talk. Guess what happened to Martha? Martha got offended. She said, "She listen." She had a tone about her. I promise you, when she went, "Don't you care?" And my sister's sitting here, and I'm having to do all this work. Don't you care? Tell her to help me. You know what Jesus said? He said, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part and it's not going to be taken away from her. See, you have to understand. Listen to me. You have to understand there are times in your life where you're going to have to make a choice in your life that may not be comfortable for you. But you have to be able to perceive what's more important. Now, I don't want to use a lot of examples tonight, because I I know you're going to for sure think I'm talking about you. (laughs) One of my mentors, Dr. Lester Sumrall, I think he was Luke incarnate, if there was a way to do that. Okay? He was a tough man. Um... A amazing man of God, you ought to go read his his story, uh, uh, my story I think the name of it was my story for his glory. It's amazing the things that that man did in his lifetime and And Pat Robertson, you know who Pat Robertson is. Some of you do. He's on TV <clears throat> 700 Club. But anyway, Pat Robertson made this statement about Dr. Sumrall. He said he has an amazing ability to always know what's important and what's vital. When I heard that, I said, I want to be the same way. No matter how it hurts me or what I have to lay aside, I want to be able to perceive when something's really important, something's really valuable. And, you know, I I travel with Dr. Sumrall quite a bit and uh, people, you know, oh, wasn't it wonderful traveling with him? I said, well, you travel with him, see how you like it. (laughs) Because it wasn't a a bed of roses. It wasn't like, you know, he just snuggled up close to me and told me how good I was and how, you know. I mean, it wasn't like that at all. I mean, I was very challenged to be able to hang with him. But I understood that he had something I needed. And, And even though he would say things that I could have gotten offended at, more than once, I just said, no. Mm -mm. I'm not going to do it because I want what he's got. I want to know what I can get that he has. I want that. I want to understand that anointing that he walks in. And so there is a place that you have to, to, to understand and know what's important. So, so listen to this because then Paul explains it. Okay. In Philippians chapter one, verse 10, (coughs) he says, so that you may be sincere And without offense until Jesus returns. No, don't put the Amplified up there. It's too many words. So that you may be sincere and without offense. So listen to me very carefully. Offense cannot work in the same realm as sincerity works. Okay? Offense cannot work in the same place that sincerity works. So you've got to be sincere and without offense. Now, the word sincere is a very simple word. It means tested as genuine. The Greek word, when you boil it down, actually says tested by sunlight. Isn't that interesting? Tested by sunlight. So when it talks about you being sincere, it means you're walking in the light. That you're living your life in the light. You're not hiding things. You're not putting things aside. You're you're, you're open. You're honest. You're sincere about who you are in your life and and where you are. You don't play games. Okay. In your life. Okay. He said, so if you understand what's vital, then you're going to be a sincere person. And you're going to be without offense. Okay. Okay. You're going to be without offense. The word there, offense, <clears throat> really comes from a, 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 the word that we, call, we would call a snare now or trap, where you think it looks good and you're going to step over into it, but then you get trapped. That's offense. It actually has a, another meaning, and it actually means to stumble, to stumble, and sometimes even to fall that comes when you are living your life on your what's important to you and not what's important to God not what's important to the Holy Spirit not what not what the word of God says I can't tell you how many people over the years I've heard I know what the word says but you know there is no but and the moment you say that, you have opened yourself up for offense. That, I mean, it's pretty strong, but 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 you've gotta you've gotta understand that. People are tripped up because they quit examining and choosing what is vital and important. Now I'm gonna tell you a story tonight, okay? Has no reference to anybody that's left this church. Okay, who are are or anything, okay? Just so you, you got to hear what I'm saying, okay? Like I said, I could preach this in any service and it'd be the same. But now listen to me. When Becky and I, when I, I got saved, Becky got back in fellowship with the Lord, we got filled with the Holy Spirit, we started going to Lakewood Church. Now, Lakewood Church is not what you know today. Lakewood Church was not as big as this church when we were going there, Okay? But we we oh we loved the church. We were on fire for God. We wanted to do something for God. We did anything we could at the church. Served in the church, and when we got our lives right and got started hearing about things we'd never heard before about the Holy Spirit, about faith, we connected with a couple in the church, and and they became our mentors. Now they were the same age we were. But they, they, they knew more than we did. Amen. And so literally every night of the week, we were probably not with them every night, but a lot of the time we were with them. And they were on staff at Lakewood Church. It was wonderful. Things were great. Everything was just beautiful. One day... We get a call, or I, I think, I don't remember how it happened now, but we, that, that uh, they had been let go from the church. <clears throat> not not because of anything bad, it was just something that the pastor felt like he needed to do. They weren't stealing money, they weren't in sin, nothing. Well, I got mad. Now, you got to understand, I hadn't been saved. How long, Becky? six months a year I, I got mad I can't believe he'd do that I can't believe Brother Osteen would do that I, I mean I was steamy. so I said I'm going to talk to him wow. <laughs> <clears throat> so I set up an appointment to see him and I went and sat down in his office and I, I I asked him later and I'll tell you what he told me later about it but I I, I said now Brother Osteen I know you're a man of God, and I know God sent us here, but I just don't think it's right what you did with this couple. I just don't think it's right. (laughs) He sat there for a minute, didn't say anything, and he looked at me and he said, Sam, this is none of your business. (laughs) Boy, I got madder. What do you mean it's not in your mind? I mean, I wasn't raised in church, but not, and I didn't really, <clears throat> I didn't know protocol at all. But surely I'm a church tithe-paying church member. I have a say in this. <laughs> and he said, you, <laughs> so, so I, I got up and walked out, mad. And literally, Becky and I talked about leaving the church. But we had to make a decision. Now, listen to me. You got to hear what I'm saying tonight. This has nothing to do with anybody. This has to do with offense. I was quickly becoming offended and mad and upset about this. But Becky and I sat down and we talked about it and we had to and we literally said this. We've got to make a decision. Are we going to be offended and leave or are we going to set this aside and serve? You know what? I thank God, even though I was a baby Christian, I had enough sense to see what was really important. What was really important. And we set that aside. The couple stayed in the church. And then they went on to pastor and and do what God had called them to do. And, and, you know, it it was... Everything, obviously, has worked out fine for Lakewood. <laughs> Amen. But I asked Brother Osteen one time, I said, why in the world did you put up with me? I mean, I, 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 did a, I interrupted him one time. He was doing, not interrupting, but after he did a wedding, and he used the death doeth part, you know, till death doeth part. And I said, uh, that's not right, Brother Osteen. That's not in the Bible. <laughs> Huh? Oh yeah, in sickness in hell. That's right. in and hell. And he said, "Sam, that's none of your business." Either. <laughs> but but listen, here's the thing, okay? Here's the thing. Fast forward down the road number many years. 20 Oh gosh. 25 years. Basically, 20 somewhere in that area. I get a phone call and it's from the Osteen family. Uh, Brother Osteen's in intensive care. The doctors don't think he's going to make it. We want to be with him. Would you come and preach on Sunday morning? Now, the church is 10,000 people now. Now, I'm not bragging. D- please, don't misunderstand me. I'm not bragging. I just. But you've got to understand when, uh, what your choices do sometimes. They said, would you come and preach on Sunday morning so we can be with Brother Osteen? So I, drove, I was driving to, driving to Houston, get a phone call. Brother Osteen passed away Saturday on Saturday. I said, well, what do you want me to do? We need you to still preach on Sunday morning. Now, listen to me. You can't imagine the anxiety that rose up on the inside of me that I've got to stand before 10,000 people. Becky wouldn't even go with me. (laughs) She stayed here and preached. But, uh, I mean, I, 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 I literally, I didn't know what to do. I was up all night. I looked, I went over every one of my sermons, all my good ones. You know, I mean, trying to find, I couldn't find. Finally, with nothing, I finally fell asleep about four in the morning. And about six o'clock, the Lord woke me up and he gave me a message. To me, that's invaluable. That's a part of, that was a part of my destiny if you can understand that that God would use me in that moment to be able to communicate uh, with the church and then that night I, I shared a, a message about God's plan and, and, and so it was a moment of destiny for me it was a part of my life it was part of the fabric of my life I'm not involved with Lakewood today I mean I know, I know Joel he was a teenager when we were there uh, his, his sister Lisa, and friends with Becky and I, and, but but we're not a part of Lakewood at all anymore. Not that we don't support them, but God sent us on our own path. But now think about this for a moment. What would have happened if I'd gotten offended? I, I don't know what would have happened, but I know this: at the at the least. I would not have been able to sp- take that time, that precious time that God gave me to speak in to that church and to that family that day by the Holy Spirit. I would not have, would not have been able to Amen. do that. I doubt very seriously if I'd be in ministry today because it would have started me on a path of offense that literally could have destroyed my life, could have destroyed my future. So you have to be so careful about your judgments and how how you judge and, and don't get caught up in offense towards somebody. But they really really did me wrong. You know what? Would you like to know how many times that's happened to Becky and I? Many times. But I want to tell you something. You've got to make up your mind what's really important. What's really important are are you going to carry that? Are you going to let that trip you up or are you going to literally be able to overcome that and let God work in your life There are only two there there are two things real simple that that you have to do. number one is you have to be rooted in love. Love can take on some funny. <laughs> Shapes sometimes. Love is not ooey gooey. Okay. Sometimes love is speaking the truth. So sometimes people have kind of a funny idea about what love is. But just go read 1 Corinthians 13. You'll find out what love is. But you've got to make up your mind. If you're not going to be offended, you're going to have to walk in love. Because there are going to be times when you're going to want to get offended. <clears throat> well, they did this to me. Well, they didn't do this to me. Well, they said this to me. Well, they should have said this to me. They should, should have done this. You know, we had, a, we had somebody leave our church a number of years ago. They got offended, left the church. Listen to me. Because they said that when I walked by, I didn't speak to them. For all of you that I've walked by, and not spoken to for whatever reason, please forgive me. But the point is, you can always find offense if you want to. But, but the thing is, when you do, let me tell you what you do. You bring yourself down to a lower level of life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. That God didn't call you to be in or to walk in. Okay, Let me give you real quick some keys to walking above offense. And and they're going to sound negative, but you're going to identify these. Listen to what Paul said in Ephesians 4, verse 31 in the Amplified Bible. Listen to this. Let all bitterness, indignation, and wrath. Listen. You ready? Passion, rage, bad temper, resentment... Anger, animosity, quarrelsome, brawling, clamoring, contention, and slander and evil speaking. Abusive or blasphemous language, let it be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind. Now that's what the Bible says. Those are all attributes that are released When you carry offense, you get bitter. I I could teach you on bitterness. You talk about eating your lunch; it it will eat your lunch. I've told this story a number of times, and I'm going to tell it real quick. But, but um, when we first started the church, one of our church members was a big fisherman, and he'd take me fishing with him, and I we'd go down to Toledo Bend and fish, and and. um, he had a friend that lived down there by himself on the lake, and uh he always knew where the fish were. Man, we always caught fish. The man was crippled so bad in his hands that he couldn't even he had to stick the reel in through the here to turn it. Okay, now I'm not saying everybody that has this type of arthritis is in bitterness, but but I can tell you he was. And So I I would go down there by myself and and fish with him and talk to him. He used to be the deacon in, in a church here in Shreveport. Very well respected, owned his own business, and was on the financial committee. And one day, somebody accused him of misappropriating money. Now, it was proved almost immediately that he didn't, but he got offended And basically said, I will never walk through the doors of a church again. And you know what he did until his dying day? He became a decrepit man before his years. Because he had bitterness in his life. And it just just ate him up. Ate his lunch he was bitter so when i got a right to be bitter no you don't if you're a child of god you have no right to be bitter well you don't know what my mama did you don't know what my daddy did you don't know what so and so did my husband did listen to me bitterness is not going to help you cuz you're 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 living in offense when you live in bitterness you can't live that way indignation <clears throat> indignation is anger That's aroused by something you think is unjust or unworthy or mean. And it may be. But you can't live your life that way because anger will eat eat you up. Resentment. A feeling of indignant displeasure. Persistent ill will at something regarded as a wrong, an insult, or an injury. The synonym... For resentment is offense. If you've got those things working in your life, i got to tell you right now, you're in a trap. Well, I have a right. No, you don't have a right. If you're a child of God, you have no right to behave like that. Now, you can get mad at me, and guess what? You're getting offended. <laughs> I got a win-win message tonight, don't I? (laughs) But but listen, here's the thing. You can get mad at me, and you can say, I do have a right. No, you don't. Not if you're a child of God. Not for the price it was paid for you. You don't. You you, you don't do that. You've got to break that offense in your life. You've got to break that yoke in your life. You've got to release that out of your life because that trap will literally keep you from what God has for your life. It will drain, listen to me, it will drain the life of God out of you. And you'll start living on emotions. You'll start feeling your way through life. You understand what it means to feel your way through life? You you, you go by your feelings. You feel your way through life. Literally, you start missing the joy of the high life in Christ because you've been trapped by offense in your life. Not only that, it will literally rob you of your faith. Let me show you a profound scripture in Matthew 13, beginning in verse 54. When Jesus had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue. So that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? So they identified that he had wisdom and they identified that he had mighty works. But then they started saying other things. Listen, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Where did then did this man get all these things? Now listen to this. So they were offended at him. They were offended at him. But now here's the crazy thing about it. Jesus made the statement, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, in his own house. And here's the most amazing part of it. You ready? Listen. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. See, when you get trapped in offense, you start looking for offense. You start looking for things. And the next thing you know, your faith is under the table. And you wonder why. Because you've been trapped. Until you break that offense in your life, you're never going to be what God wants. Offense is a key component In the strategy of the devil to stifle your effectiveness in the body of Christ. To push you around. Moving you around. Relationship to relationship. Friend to friend. Church to church. church, Work to work. I've just got three little things here I'm going to share and then I'm going to be through. Listen to this. Offense. Offense is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. (laughs) Well, I'm offended. You know what? You just took poison and you're thinking they're going to die. But bottom line, you're the one that's going to be in trouble. You're the one that's poisoned. Now, the problem with this is that sometimes people, they're so offended that they have no faith. They have no, they can't hear and no matter if you start talking to them about it, they get offended. Well, that ought to tell you something. You have to humble yourself and say, Lord, if that's me, if I'm, if I'm offended, show me. And I promise you, he'll show you. You know that when you get offended, that you're carrying, many times you're carrying the baggage for someone else's sin. Sometimes people do do wrong things. But don't carry their baggage because they did something wrong just cause they did it to you Now here's the last. You ready? Listen. You are binding darkness to yourself and justifying why you don't have to let go. You're binding darkness to yourself and justifying why you don't have to let go. But tonight, you don't have to walk out of here in offense toward any person. No matter what they've done to you, no matter how bad it's been, how bad it is, how bad it was, most people are living on offense from 20 years ago. Still feeding on it. How do you know? Just listen to them talk. They'll tell you all about it. But I want to encourage you tonight. I know I've struck some of you in the heart and you you've got to know right now hey I'm going to deal with this thanks for listening to the Word of Life Center podcast you can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter or at our website wordoflifecenter.org